Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And Patrick said this could be a Valentine's Day jam for the single people out there, right? Well, for the people in relationships that aren't relationships yet. Because uh, the song is straight up, tell me, are we together or not? That's true. That happened, that happened to me. My mm. wife confronted me. and She was like, tell me what's up. Are yeah. we inclusive or not? And I was like... Is it so. gonna be me and you forever? Or <laughs> is what? Should we just hey, a hit? And run? Is, it did. It, it actually, I didn't know it was gonna be forever. You see, your boy waited ten years after yeah. that, so I wasn't about forever. I was like, "Hey, man, let's me and you kick it for a minute and hang out and chill for ten years." Hang in the ten years, and then now we married. So yes, yeah. all good. Yeah. This Y'all is that was song. common law before you knew you was common law. We were common law. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't avoid that. This is the song when you bring him home the Valentine's card that says, "I I have such a great friend in you." You're like friend in me. <laughs> that's that. That's I that don't like that. Toy that Story true. song. That's Woody. <laughs> You're a friend in me. <laughs> yeah, that's a, no. That's a good point. Yeah. What do you say when somebody presents you with that ultimatum? Is it are we gonna be together or is this just a hit and run? That's right. That's Can right. you say that? Hey, I enjoy our intimate physical relationship, but I don't want to pursue anything further. Yeah, you say, I mean, we said Netflix and chill, not Netflix and get off in my business right now. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Imperative part is chilling. Hey, okay. Patrick, I understand now why you like to be single. I say, he's got an answer to all those questions. <laughs> and, uh, and none of them are one girl's like, nah, man, I ain't got that kind of time. Oh, man. <laughs> Female listeners number one says that is her jam, Patrick. So good job. Yeah. Uh, you hit that. She, she loves it. Well, you could be going to see Adam Sandler with her if you would have been doing your things right. Uh, Not yeah. at Home Depot. <laughs> and in a, in, in, about our conversation about ladies uh, hunting for men and companionship at Home Depot. Female listener number one says, I don't think I trust any guys under 30 to fix much of anything. She's right about that. Young guys, our, our, I don't know, says them, our fathers were that generation that actually would try to fix things. Like yep, fix yep, like yep. stuff on their own. Not take to somebody. No, like, no, I'm going to look under, oh, the vacuum cleaner's broken. Oh, give me that vacuum cleaner, boy. I'm going to go outside and look at this thing and try to fix it. Yep. With no real knowledge of it, just will go out and try to fix it. Without a YouTube video to you know uh, show them and direct them. No, they just try to do it on their own. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I wish I had that skill. I, my dad does that. I can't yeah. do. My brother kind of does that, but my brother's older than me, so I I don't have that skill. Yeah, yeah. I mean I fix up with YouTube videos, but that's about that's exactly. I fix it like any. I'll I'll fix myself because I'm cheap. So I feel like man, I ain't paying somebody to come over here and fix something I can fix. But I I will go to a YouTube video 
to figure out how to do it first. Yeah. Oh, that's I what don't my just brother know is. how to do it. My brother's DIY, but he, he, he YouTube. But you, any, I'll get. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the truth. Anything's up there now. Yeah, everything's on YouTube if you know how to fix. Like whether you need to fix your dishwasher, your fridge, microwave, like all that stuff, it's up there on YouTube. Somebody out there has figured out a way to fix it, and they are giving you free directions. Free the, directions. The, mi- the missus is that person. I'll come home and I'll be like. What just happened? Oh, I already cut that down because I was going to do this. and She DIY. Was, oh, man, she is always. And I'm like, you do know that people get paid to perform <laughs> these acts. That is why they took that job. Is she good if, at it, though? If, oh, great. Okay, there you go, then. Great. You saw her Super Bowl. Yeah, You saw she the did. Super Bowl. That was like an arts and crafts project, exactly. though. That was pretty wild. Yeah. She made a stadium. Stadium. For the snacks and for the appetizers and our She even put everything. little Kyler Murray on there. She, she put had, a scoreboard she in that a, thing. And she had Kyler Murray sitting outside the stadium with Jake from State Farm. Okay. She <laughs> put him on there. She said, look at little Kyler looking at how he's trying to get in yeah, that stadium. No, yeah, that's a good point. Your, your wifey's got some skills. She yeah, definitely she has some skills. Uh, Texas says, Rod B, my lady and I's anniversary. is also St. Patty's Day. Met on 6th Street doing South by Southwest. Went to a death metal concert. Had dinner at Wendy's where we also had our first kiss. Still going 17 years strong. That. It's a great Valentine's Day story. Man. Like to hear it. There you go. Good stuff there. That's good stuff. Uh, there are a lot of comments about our conversation about ladies meeting men at uh, Home Depot. I can't read half of them. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I love these. They're fantastic. But yeah. And someone's, yeah. I don't know if I can read half of these without getting myself in trouble. But thank right. you. Please send them in because you got us laughing rolling over here. So we appreciate it. Uh, one guy here says, Art Gal. Says, uh, my folks met in an AA meeting. That's a great place to meet. Yeah, but he also said, or girl, said, I might have to tender tonight since we all insist. Oh, that's definitely a man then. No woman's just going on. some of them. Just hitting the tender like that? They are all I-N-D. You know how to spell independent. Mm -hmm. They are doing their thing. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, you're right. The ladies are on there. I guess I'm being a little uh, sexist in that comment. You're right. Ladies are out there getting, getting it done on Tinder. I assumed it was a dude, but you're right. Everybody's yeah. into space age pimping these days. Yep. Um, okay, let's get into Super Bowl review. Continuous reviewing the Super Bowl, I should say. All right, we got some sound here. So um, I believe Peter King was interviewing Andy Reid. I believe he's the guy that's mm-hmm. interviewing him in this audio. My man Patrick pulled just to set it up for you. So the two touchdowns that we talked about ad nauseum yesterday were – the uh, Kansas City receivers, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, score on very similar concepts. The jet pivot return or the jet arrow return, whatever you want to call it. Well, apparently, um, there's a name for it. It's an actual play that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and his staff have designed. They got a really cool name for this concept. Here's Peter King talking to Andy Reid. Go me to. Yeah, I'll give you a name for it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's called Corn Dog. So it's called what? Corn Dog. It's not called Corn Dog. Oh, yes. Is it called Corn Dog? There's nothing better than a good corn dog with some mustard and, and uh, ketchup. But he doesn't step into the huddle and say Corn Dog. Oh, no, he says Corn Dog. He does? Corn Dog. Yeah. They got beat. On corn, on the corn dog. On corn dog. Got beat by corn dog. Double corn dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> double. You're right. It was they twice. Got double corn dog. Double the corn yep, dog on yep. there. Texas got beat by a corn dog once. Remember corn Taylor they Cornelius? Sure did. Yeah, they did. Corn dog. His corn nickname dog. was Corn Dog yeah. Cornelius. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma State quarterback. Randomly, I digress though. That is, I just, I love how. 
don't know, I just love how casual it seems like Andy Reid is about these types of things uh, because he he he's a really kind of he's a jokester. Uh, not a practical joke or anything, but he's a jokester. He cracks jokes on himself. I was talking about how he loves burgers and needs to lose weight, all this kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Um, but also now, like, literally within his play calls, he's doing things to really break up the monotony. Corn dog. I don't know who suggested it for him or if it literally was his description that, no, no, corn dog's great. Uh, nothing's better than a damn corn dog. And that's the, how he came up with it. But I don't know, Andy Reid, more and more I hear from Andy Reid and I hear about Andy Reid, I become more of an Andy Reid fan. Oh, no doubt. How can you not? And for man. the personality of Andy Reid, I should say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's got a great personality in the way he goes about his business. And you can look at the players and watch the way that they react to him. I mean, especially on the offensive side of the ball, those guys really love him they when, do. when they talk about him and what he's meant to them and the success. I mean, it's always good to be loved when you're successful, by the way. If you're successful, they're definitely going to, yep. to come to your aid and be like, yo, Coach Andy Reid, he's the man. But if you weren't a good coach, you probably wouldn't be there and those players wouldn't be talking about you. So it's good for him. And it's, a, it's amazing what happens when you win, how happy everybody is. And your career seems to be better when you win. Yeah, I mean, he's damn yep. near a 500 playoff coach when he's with Philadelphia. Yep. Goes there with Kansas City, <clears throat> hooks up with Patrick Mahomes, and now they seem to have this, uh, this magical formula. Yep. That it, and it looks like they could be competing for Super Bowls for the next two, three years. Whenever Andy Reid decides to hang it up and retire, uh, that'll be the case. But uh, I just think it's really cool that, once again, that that some of the play calls that Andy Reid has in these games. Remember the last Super Bowl they won? Patrick Mahomes suggested the play call. What was it third fifteen? Yep. And he's the one that suggested the play call. He came to the sideline, told Eric Benry, I like this play. We should call this play. I actually have the play. I'll, I'll come up with it later. Um, but that was actually a pretty cool uh, you know, story about how really just how comfortable everybody is within that offense. And was that the one they called it for Tyrese Hill? That was the one. Yeah, third I mean, and Tyreek Hill. Third, yeah. third and 15 against yep. the 49ers. Yep. Yeah, it was that That's right. play. That's right. um, and it was Patrick Mahomes that suggested it. But either way, it just seems like <clears throat> there's a great chemistry. And camaraderie amongst that group. Yep. That's what that corn dog story tells us. All right, I was actually doing some more Super Bowl rewatch, if you will, this past uh, uh, th- this morning actually, and I saw something that was interesting: the blitz rate of the Eagles. So the Eagles couldn't get pressure with their front four, even though they were the best uh, pressure group. Uh, oh, thank you, my man Raul Allegre. It was Wasp. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was. Thank you. See, Robert Lincoln, El Presidente. Thank you very much. It was. That's exactly what it was. Um, and Patrick Mahomes suggested the play when he came back uh, to the sideline. Turns out it was money. And But I was looking at the blitz rate of the Eagles, and I'm surprised they didn't blitz more considering they couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes organically. They couldn't get there with a the four-man rush. They didn't change much on the defensive front to try to get there. Now, the 33% blitz rate, according to Sharp Football, was Philly's number two highest blitz rate in 20 games they played this year. So it was, for them, a really high blitz rate. But I thought they should have went higher than that. Mahomes still wasn't sacked at all. They weren't getting there with the organic rush. I thought they the blitz. Now, I would say that blitzing Mahomes, the stats show, it does not pay off. Um, right. But nothing was working for him. Also... The Eagles, during the regular season, they had a five-man front, what they would use, a five-man front, where they would essentially put Hassan Reddick in a different gap 
and move him around the front with different shades and try to find him a one-on-one matchup, almost manipulate a one-on-one matchup. Mm-hmm. And it was a really successful uh, front for them during the regular season. They used it twice in this game um, outside of the red zone. So they use a lot of I've heavy fronts, I should say, in the red zone, closer you get to the goal line. But outside of the red zone, this particular five-man front they used where they're moving Hassan Reg, the defensive end around, they used it just twice outside the red zone. And both times, Mahomes, they got a pressure. They got seven pressures the entire game, and two of them when they were using those five-man fronts, moving Hassan Reddick around a little bit. And I wonder why they didn't do that more. Right. Because both times it worked. Mahomes was pressured. One was a second down. I think one was a third down. It worked. I just thought they should have used it more. Yeah. Surprised they didn't. Well, and that goes back to the coaching aspect, right? There's yeah. something that we've been talking the about. Adjustments, yeah. Some guys make adjustments and some don't. And that's when you got to go over to the sideline. And we were talking about this during the break at one point. You have to go to the sideline and tell the coaches, hey, move me to this side. Sometimes they get caught up in the atmosphere and not paying attention to what is truly going on in the game. And sometimes the players are the ones that need to come over to the sideline and say, hey, draw up this so we can get to this point because this is what we're seeing. We are in the action. I remember uh, Malik Jefferson talking about the relationship that he had with Todd Orlando. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that we, would, we we got to the point where we believed in Todd Orlando so much that when we came over to him and suggested stuff, he would draw up something so it would work for us. Yeah. And I don't understand that's why important. that's not part of maybe it is maybe they just didn't do it at that point but there are so many times that you can watch the game and see they are doing this consistently and now the other team is adjusted and they haven't adjusted Mm -hmm. the way that they're approaching things those are some of the things that I thought during that game that they could have been Mm -hmm. able to adjust to get pressure because remember you talked about it the numbers that were put up the pressure rate the sacks they didn't even they weren't getting to Mahomes that much. He was eluding them in the pocket yeah. and not necessarily always getting to the outside. That big run, he stepped up in the middle and ran down the field against them. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, it said the, the most amazing stats are really about the Chiefs fronts and yep. the front on terms of the defense and their offensive, offensive line. And defense, it's yeah. how they really won the lines of scrimmage when the the scouting report and mm-hmm. all of the uh, pregame analysis was that the Eagles are going to win the lines of scrimmage. How can Kansas City win the game despite losing the lines of scrimmage? That wasn't the case. Yeah. They won the lines of scrimmage. And yeah. it was a, a, honestly, it was actually a clear advantage for Kansas City on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. I want to get back to that conversation. But I saw something else that was, you know, because we talked about the. Um, the the corn dog plays, which were the jet pivot return motion that ended up being a touchdown for Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, both very similar concepts ran on back to back touchdown drives in the second half for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and we talked about how really it was that simple concept by Andy Reid, just a short, quick motion to either a stack or a tight twins. And those are the biggest game, biggest plays of the game. Those two touchdowns, Darius Tony and Scott Moore in the second half. The holding call on Juju Smith-Schuster yep. on the last drive that ended up being the, field, the, field, the game-winning field goal. And early in the game, actually, on the Travis Kelsey touchdown, Kadarius Tony has a short, quick motion. Those are probably the four biggest plays offensively for Kansas City, aside from the scramble from Patrick Mahomes late in the game, and they all came on short, quick motion. 
because he figured out that's the best way for me to discombobulate these uh, these secondary players, these secondary defenders, and the DBs for uh, the Eagles, and to really occupy their eyes, which they did a lot of. This is a little nugget I didn't think about, and I was talking to a coach of mine in the NFL who brought this to my attention. I thought it was a really good point. The Eagles' offense is 32nd in the NFL, dead last in using motion, which means that in practice, when they're just going team, whether it be in the preseason, training camp, two-a-days, bi-weeks, whatever, they don't see, the defense doesn't see it a lot because the Eagles right. don't use it a lot. Right. Right, they, yep. they don't. They don't see it because the Eagles don't utilize it. Now on scout teams, getting ready for upcoming opponents. Yeah, depending on how much the opponents use pre-snap motions and shifts. Okay, they're going to see it with the scout team. But going up against their own offense when that happened. Remember, remember all the talk about why the 49ers knew Brock Purdy was going to be legit. Why was it hard? Why did they say they knew Brock Purdy was going to have success? Because they watched him. They were going against him in every practice, yeah. and they saw him. <laughs> he was the scout team quarterback. He's the scout team lighting quarterback. He was lighting them up. They're yep. like, man, we know he's going to be. We're the best defense yep. in the league, potentially. He lighting us up, all yep. right? Um, and one of the things he brought up, he was like, man, in practice, whether it be during the preseason, like like uh, I said, or during bye, uh, the bye week, or whether they're just doing like regular team and they're not preparing for an opponent, just going through their you know regular practice drills, their team, their seven on seven, whatever it may be. He says that Philadelphia didn't use a lot of motion and shifts. Their pre snap motion rate was thirty second in the NFL, dead last. He said no shock to him that Philadelphia's defense struggles with pre snap motion and shifts. They just don't see it. Especially at an elite level. When they do see it, it's a scout team doing it. Yep. You know what I mean? That's why in games they have struggled versus it. He's like, that's why Andy Reid decided to he, he overload his game plan with a lot of pre-step motion shifts. And you go look at almost every big play offensively, there's a little bit of a short, quick motion yep. in it. And I thought it was a really astute observation. Yeah, it does hinder your ability to adjust to pre-snap motion shifts when you don't see it a lot. And that makes sense as to why they didn't make the freaking adjustment. Right. Back-to-back touchdown drives in the Super Bowl. You're beat by one specific concept, the jet pivot return, uh, jet pivot arrow, whatever you want to call it, with Kadarius Tony, And on the very next drive, they're in the red zone again. You don't have a plan? Right. <laughs> to adjust to it, it's the same you don't concept. Have an adjustment. Plan? I gotta tell you, yeah. Kansas City probably didn't think it was gonna work again. They right. probably like, yeah, it ain't work again. Let's just try it. I mean, let's try to make sure that they have made the adjustments. If they haven't, we'll get it. If not, we probably won't. At least we'll know how they're how they counter our our adjustment, our tweak. Nope. They yeah. they did the same exact thing they did on the previous touchdown drive for Kansas City. So to me, not only does it say they don't work with a lot, but they don't really adjust to it really well in the game, real time. So I thought that was a pretty cool observation uh, by a friend of mine who's coaching at the next level. So there you go. It's an astute observation. I thought it was a a really cool one. I was like, yeah, I didn't really think about that because they did look like the motion really discombobulated them. It's like, it's just short, quick motion. And yeah, and people are acting like it is some mind-blowing, like, revolutionary concept. It's actually not. We've seen it at the Big 12 level. I'm I'm not joking. I think I've seen it in high school, watching high school football in Texas. Like, it is is a pretty common concept. So for people to be like, uh, they just, they couldn't adjust to it because they never seen it before. It's like, well, 
it's 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 happened before. Right. At every level. BYU, I just talked about BYU ran it this year a lot. Sark has a version of it. We saw it with Devontae Smith, the orbit return motion in the national title game when he was at Bama. Eh, it's it's a lot more common than you think. It, there's no reason for the Eagles to be stupefied by right. a concept like they were. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> there it is. And now he's somebody else's problem because he got hired elsewhere, the defensive coordinator. Man, I, if I was the Arizona Cardinals, if I, you know what? We'll get into it next segment. We can yeah. talk about it next segment because we're getting close to it. All right, we, we Derek Carr, we'll talk about him being released by the Raiders. Jonathan Gannon now hired by the Cardinals to be their next head coach. I don't have a problem with the hire, but there is something that I probably would have done before hiring Jonathan <laughs> Gannon, and I'll tell you what that is on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, Top of the Charts Tuesday, a jam that reached the top of the Billboard charts in this on this day in history. Um, that's what Top of the Charts Tuesday is all about. And yeah, this is a this is a jam right here. Actually, never. Well, what was the genre of music that this song was considered to be a part of? Is it pop? I would go with like house. Yeah, okay. There you go. I guess house. But I mean, back then, there was no such thing as like house music, was it? Yeah. But it was such a weird. But then you got the rap in the middle of it. Yeah. It's a terrible rap, too. And it's, it's, I was listening to this. My terrible day. rap. The audio quality of it blows my mind of like, this sounds like they did it in a closet with his <laughs> mic, with his mouth right up to the microphone. It sounds so bad. I'm like, this is on a number one hit single. Who sings this song? Uh, this is CNC Music CNC Factory. CNC Music Factory. Who, who's the the woman that does the, the, the I, I, everybody honest, dance I, Who does most of the singing? I did not know. Because that person is very talented. They yeah. get that in a, much more talented than uh, Freedom Williams. Is that the person rapping? I believe Freedom that is Freedom Williams. Williams. Oh, that's right. He's terrible. I'd rather MC Scat Cat do, <laughs> do, do the Come rap. Come on, MC Scat Cat. Yeah, Opposite the track. <laughs> I, he's still available to do the rap. Uh, oh, no, but yeah, but this is a song for Valentine's Night, Gonna Make You Sweat. Uh, there you go. Uh, I like that. See, you're being creative now. Yeah, we'll make it work. I think Patrick's starting to get into Valentine's Day spirit a little bit. <laughs> He's going to uh, head to Home Depot after this. <laughs> hey, yeah, you damn right. <laughs> you damn right, man. That's some good looking women. Look out. at some power tools. <laughs> and go over there. Going on. See if I can disappoint some more women. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you oh got Home goodness. Depot. They looking for you out there. They'll be happy to have a good man like Patrick. No doubt. Who's, uh, who's a renaissance man. Uh, all right. Who uh, can we, play music. Who can play music. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Uh, we appreciate his efforts. You can always be a part of the show. Specs Text Line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about Derek Carr here in a second. But let's start with the Jonathan Gannon news, gentlemen, because uh, we hadn't got a chance to talk about it. Just broke, I don't know, probably about an hour or so ago. Uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, is going to be hired as the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, It it should be announced here soon, if not by the team, but it's been reported by multiple outlets that he's going to be the next head coach of the Cardinals. This is okay. I thought Jonathan Gannon. What? By the way, the Texans love Jonathan Gannon too. He was a finalist reportedly for the Texans' job. The last two vacancies they've had, yep. which is way too often, so they they really like Jonathan Gannon too. And I w- I'm a fan of the the Eagles' defense, at least I was until the, the playoffs. Mm. And I was a fan of the 
49ers defense to the playoffs too, and that didn't look great. So we know how that goes. But what I will say is, man, Jonathan Gannon, I and I know one series play does not necessarily define or indict somebody's right. prowess as a play caller, so I'm not going there at all. That's not the case. That's the case in, you know, even the greats uh would be discredited. But man, I do if I am the Arizona Cardinals GM or their uh, ownership, I really want to get the NFL films like audio because they 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 have audio of everything happening on those sidelines. Yep. And I want the audio from the first that Kadarius Tony touchdown. I want the audio from then of the the Philadelphia Eagles sideline defense specifically, and I want the audio to find out what they discussed after that touchdown. What adjustments were made after that touchdown, yep. if any, in between that one and then the next touchdown on the next drive by Sky Moore. And the reason is, like I said, that's a simple adjustment in the biggest game mm-hmm. of the season. And you got beat back-to-back touchdown drive, same concept. And I wonder if he made the adjustment and the players just had brain farts and didn't follow through and execute, and that's fine because that does happen. That happens more than we know. Or if he just never addressed it. Right. Never spoke to the guys about it. Went over and said, hey, don't worry, guys. We'll get the next one. Yeah. Jason Garrett, clap master. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got this, guys. We got this. Or if he went over there and talked to the guys and said, hey, what happened? Now, like you said, about the communication. Exactly. What happened? I remember Coach Akina, every time somebody get beat, we're sitting there and we're trying to console the person that got beat because they feel bad. You're going to be all right, man. I know Coach going to light you up in back. a minute. Coach Akina <laughs> go over there and he would not dog cuss anybody. He's not going to yell. First thing else, what'd you see? Like, what'd you see? Right. Tell me what you saw. Right. Like, what did you see? And then everybody else gets in on the conversation. Like, whoa, he just his remember, he did short motion. He didn't go cross formation. I thought we could have can't tangled it, but we didn't. And then we started talking. And everybody right. was like, he's like yeah. all right, all right, you saw this, you saw this. Okay, here's what we do. Here's the plan. Boom, boom, boom. And then we chop it up. We got the plan. Yep. For next time it happens, same formation, same Recognize concept, whatever it. it is. Recognize it. And what I say about coaches, coaches are problem solvers. Just go solve the damn problem. Right. That was a problem that did not, it went unsolved, pretty much. And I want to know if Jonathan Gannon, on that sideline, attempted to solve the problem. Did he have the football acumen? Did he have the poise and the presence to make those corrections and the guys just didn't receive it? Or if he just didn't even address it? And that, to me, would be the ultimate indictment. Not the fact that they failed to execute it, but if he never even addressed the concept that beat them on back-to-back touchdown drives in the Super Bowl, that'd be concerning for me. We're definitely going to get that'd a chance concerning. to hear it. We're going to definitely hear it. Yeah. You know, we always get those clips of it where the <laughs> sideline conversation is going to happen because it was such a unique play on the first play. Mm-hmm. It was something that they hadn't seen. It was something that wasn't part of it. And then, boom, you get a chance to see it again. The biggest question that I want to know is, what was Darius Slay doing? Still exactly. to this day. Still to this day. Still to this day. I went back and watched it again, and I'm like, there were. he didn't even look back at the quarterback. He was pointing so far at the other side yeah. that he didn't even have a chance to notice that the guy went back in the other part. And as a matter of fact, that entire team shifted because Travis Kelsey was open too. Yeah. He was open too. Yeah, because he, he, yeah. Was, he, was, he was so far out of position – because he was trying to right. replace the safety or replace that nickelback, right. and then the nickelback would bump with the with the uh, the motion. That I, I, he I, I can't I can't understand why he took his eyes off of his first read. Exactly. Your first read is still you're reading through number one. You're reading number one to number two. Yep. That's how you're going to determine who passes off the offensive player. And he just 
left his eyes just literally just left his player. Again, goes back to what I was saying when earlier. The Sometimes it's that moment that everybody gets caught up in. And to your point, you did? it was like, I got it. Get over there. Get over there. They're about to do this. And then it was like, no, nah, bro. Nope. They're coming right back where you left. You think you unoccupied. Know. Yeah, exactly. Unoccupied. Ele- I think I was I read it was eleven yards of separation. Yeah. Eleven. Dude, they should never be 11 yards of separation between you. Anywhere. And they, exactly. You're in the, the back of the end zone Come by on, that man. point. It's yeah, like, why are you so deep on that's that? That's a great point. That's a great point, man. Yeah. I'm like, why are you so deep on that? And all they got to do is go five yards. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, and, and our man, Raul Allegra, says it also happened in the third quarter before the Pacheco touchdown after the Mahomes inside the 10. Yeah, they the Philadelphia Eagles really had issues Short yards with the yep. with the scramble. Well, sorry, with the uh, with the sh- the uh, jet sweep motion and with that jet pivot return motion and with the short uh, motion, they yep. just had trouble with it the whole game. Give Andy Reid credit; it was a simplistically brilliant concept that just they just couldn't figure it out. I'd it's, like to give Eric B. Enemy credit on that. Yes, okay. let's give okay. Eric B. Enemy some credit. <laughs> as well as give him some credit, no doubt about it. Um, okay, let's get to this Derek Carr story. Because yep. Derek Carr has been officially released by the Oakland Raiders. It is a done deal. And, you know, right now there are a lot of people saying that he's going to be highly coveted yep. in free agency by a lot of quarterback thirsty, quarterback, needy teams. Remember, he would have been guaranteed around $40 million in future earnings under his previous contract, um, but obviously now he is a free agent. What team do you say, Harge, needs Derek Carr's services the most? Well, if you wanted to compete right away, I would say the New Orleans Saints I like that. would definitely be one. But I'm also looking at the Carolina Panthers, still in that same conference in that division. I would look at it and say, I'm looking at – Frank Reich, my because look, here's the deal. Uh, Dennis Allen, he's not an offensive minded coach. No, he's not that guy. At least Frank Reich played the position. I know we've had that cycle of quarterbacks that have been coming in, but maybe that hadn't been Frank Reich's decision. When you that's, start thinking about it, you start fair. thinking about Jim Ursay making and meddling with all this stuff. That's true. Maybe he was like, I'm just going to do what this dude tells me to do, and I'm not even going to deal with it. But now you got an opportunity to this this manager, I mean, this owner wants to win. This guy wants mm-hmm. to win. So he's going to put good people around you. And if you can be Derek Carr, I mean, New Orleans is tough. I, I would love to play in New Orleans. But Carolina, it just seems like a, a, a beautiful situation for them. Because in New Orleans, you don't know what Michael Thomas is going to do. Yeah. You still don't know what Alvin Kamara is going to be. Maybe they signed him. i got to go back and look at that. Uh, but there's just so much uncertainty. In contrast, you look at uh, New Orleans also. They got Chris Olave there. That's an yeah. up-and-coming wide receiver. It's they got nice some. One. They got a couple rookies that have done unbelievable things. So I might be stuck in between there, but if it were me, I think I, at, at the end of it all, I would be in New Orleans. I like that. I like the New Orleans one, too. Um, I think there are a couple of wild cards maybe that, that would consider Derek Carr, but I think he's going to end up in the NFC South. <laughs> yeah. There's just too many. There's three different teams that need a quarterback in the NFC South that would all, I think, consider Derek Carr. What about what about mm-hmm. going to Indianapolis? I know they're going to get a high draft pick, but are they? they got a brand-new coach who – Wants to win as well. He's an offensive-minded guy. He's the guy that came from from uh, Philadelphia as well. He's Shane Steichen. Steichen, yeah, he's yeah. gone. 
So would that be something? But it looks like Shane Steichen likes the quarterbacks that run around. I know it's Nick Sirianni's offense, so it, 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 it may be a different part of it. So maybe they want a more elusive guy because that's not Derek Carr's game. And there's a lot of talk. They're going to try to trade up in the draft to go get a quarterback. Yeah, right. and now there is people are saying that maybe this is all a smokescreen and they want everyone to trade up ahead of them to take all the quarterbacks' first oh. three picks and they get their pick at number four. Could be. So there, there is that theory out there as well. Uh, Steichen came out today and said, my goal, my theory is to pass the ball to score points and run the ball to win games. I like it. Is what his said. His, I like it. his theory is. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I if they go to draft a quarterback, then Derek Carr is not going there. Clearly, even though they need a stopgap, he doesn't. I don't think Derek Carr wants to be a stopgap. So you have to find a team where there isn't somebody in waiting where he can be the quarterback for hopefully the rest of his career at some place. Yeah. Man, Cowboys, I think that's good news for the Cowboys. They lost both their coordinators. They lost everybody. Eagles lost both their coordinators, and yeah. they're going to have like, like 10 free agents potentially, yeah. like crucial free agents Do you think up. everybody in the uh, AFC East is like, dude, could y'all a little help? Hire <laughs> some of these guys away from them. Yeah. Seriously. No, y'all, y'all don't want to touch. They keep beating us. Man, <laughs> no. you right about that. No, that's a good point. Yeah, Philadelphia, they're re- Reset's going to be interesting because, yeah, they got Jalen Hurts and they got a lot of pieces on offense. Um, they're going to lose a ton on defense, and they lost both of their coordinators. That's going to be a really interesting offseason. Miles Sanders, free yep. uh, agent, didn't play much think, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Maybe wasn't he's on Redick a one-year rental? I think he's one-year rental. Jalen Hurts is extension eligible now. Yeah, you got, he yeah. may want his money. Oh, he's definitely going to There is a money. lot of and, things and happening. And Kong ain't coming back. No, they got There's a lot yeah. of people on that front. Yep. The offensive line, gone. Kelsey's thinking about retirement. Yeah. I think he'll come back, but you're right. He's, he's thinking but, yeah, about there's, it. Just, there's a lot happening. Totally agree. There's a lot happening for Philadelphia. It isn't. Philadelphia last year, I remember a lot of people believing the Cowboys were a better team at this time last year than Philadelphia. Yep. And then they made a ton of moves in the offseason, and their quarterback, Dylan Hurts, decided, I don't want to be average anymore. Yep. I want to be considered a top 10 quarterback. And he changed his game. He just transformed, transmogrified his game. Can Dak do that? Or is Dak has Dak tapped out? Is Dak plateaued? If you ask all these people right here, he's plateaued. They want him gone. I, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not. Well, we're not know, opening that one up for the text line. We're gonna have this. <laughs> no, we're gonna have this conversation tomorrow. I'm gonna. Yeah, get, no doubt. Homework no doubt. for y'all because go look at Trevon Diggs' Twitter account, and then we're gonna have a conversation about his tweet tomorrow about Dak Prescott. All right, we'll have that uh, tomorrow. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. Put it in there and let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn. No regrets. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, Why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's really good. That's good. That's that's, mm, mm, All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. This will be a quickie of a segment. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and catch up with them on the podcast page. What's on tap for you tonight, Harch? I'm going to go home and uh, do some more research and watch a little basketball. But uh, obviously it's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to hug my kids. You know Uh what I'm saying? Uh Yeah, hug the kids, hug wifey, let them know how much you love them. I'll be doing the same. Also going to watch some good TV. I'm watching uh, Mayor of Kingstown. 
damn good show on Paramount. Yeah. I, it's worth a watch. Okay. It's really good. What you got on tap, Patrick? I might head down to Sea Boys and see what's up tonight. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, you know it's right. going to be a party. You're going to see. Hey, swipe. Stop by Home Depot on the way. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right. Swipe right. Yeah. All right. We <laughs> Tomorrow, same time, same place. Uh, thank you guys out there for your participation on the Spec Text Line. You are awesome today, as usual. Remember, the revolution might be televised. We talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. More importantly, take care of each other. Peace.